Well, 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 I feel like this episode deserves a, a drum roll because I think it is such a pervasive issue. And if you have listened to episode one, you'll know it was a problem for me. But what I wanted to discuss in this week's podcast is the truth about eating more to build a body you love. Now, just in me saying that, some of you may have been like, what? That's bullshit. You know, there's no such thing as eating more to build a body you love. Surely it's all about eating less. And potentially, but for a lot of us, the actual issue is that we have been just constantly trying to be in a deficit for far, far, far too long. And it's actually exactly what is hindering our progress. So I'm just going to start off by summarizing this topic and giving you guys some examples. And then I'm going to dive into four steps that you can take to really turn this story around and jump off the ledge and try something new. Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self at the same time. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and nutrition and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you, and I know that you're in exactly the right place to turn that ship around and build a body you love inside and out. So let's go. I really am hoping that this episode acts as a game changer for any of you who are really still quite scared to eat enough and you also have an inkling, even if you don't want to admit it, that this is going to be the way to improve your physique. And, you know, I say improving, quote, unquote, what, what do I really mean? Building muscle, getting stronger, and over time, potentially even being leaner. So let me just dive into this topic a little bit more. Where does this fear of eating more come from? Well, typically it's going to come from a story about being scared of gaining body fat or maintaining exactly where you are. And you can probably hear in that that there are potentially some body image issues, some even potentially some self-worth issues coming through in that. And this fear coupled with what we believe the solution to mitigating that fear is, is, well, if I constantly try to eat, into a, eat in a deficit, then I'm not going to end up, you know, either gaining body fat or just maintaining and therefore, you know, I'll get to my goal. But what we're doing actually, because we are so desperate to avoid this outcome, you know, this fear of weight gain, Unfortunately, what we're actually doing, our action steps that we're taking by constantly trying to diet is hindering our progress. So the very thing that we think we're avoiding is potentially the thing that we're bringing about. And I just want to provide an example for you. One of my clients who I had been working with for 
just on two years now, initially came to me and she had been attempting to eat 1,200 calories and she is was in her or is in her early 40s. So she'd been attempting to do this and eat this way for years and years and years and years. And she'd had in her head this target of 1,200 calories. And this might seem so familiar to a lot of you. I know it was um, something that was, you know, surrounding my thoughts for many years as well as like this was the benchmark. We often read this number in a lot of celebrity diets. And, I mean, why does this number exist? Because it works because it's such a little amount of food. Um, This also, though, because it's such a limited amount of food is very, very hard to stick to. Um, it just causes all sorts of problems as well. It's it's below a lot of our BMR, which, you know, is the amount of food that we need to basically keep our lights on, right, and functioning properly. Um, it works in the short term and people can get, you know, amazing before and afters, but is it sustainable? Are we learning anything? Are we creating behaviours and a lifestyle that actually supports our long-term goals? Um, that is a big fat no. <laughs> So this this client of mine came to me and she was like, you know, this is what I've been trying to hit, um, but nothing's happening. And, you know, we could probably call her physique skinny fat. She wasn't overweight by any means. Um, She just wasn't happy with how her physique looked and she had uh, lots of trouble building muscle mass and progress in the gym was going nowhere. So she wasn't doing any structured training at this time. It was basically just, you know, as much output as she could because, again, in her mind, creating as big a deficit as she could was the solution to her problem. So when we had a chat, I was like, you know what, Uh, and I do this with all of my ladies, I always start my ladies off on anticipated maintenance for at least a fortnight uh typically we start to see some really cool body recomp changes come in so we can just hang around there for as long as we can and to be quite honest with you uh it's it's uh much more healthy for us if we're spending and you know most of our life at least at maintenance calories and fueling ourselves with enough food and only using deficits should we need to for you know brief-ish periods of time um just not unnecessarily stressing out our system and, you know, creating stories about, you know, good food, bad food and restrictions and all those sorts of things, which can really fuck up our relationship with food and ourselves, right? So anyway, she came on board, agreed to do the maintenance thing. Uh, from memory, it was two years ago now, but it did take a few weeks to um, for her to bring her calories up high enough to her anticipated maintenance, but we got there, right? And after a little while, uh, she was um, pretty amazed with the outcome because, like I said before, we with her as well, we started getting some cool body recomp, just chilling out at maintenance with some structured training, right? And then after a while, satisfied enough that she was in a good place um, to get into a deficit and we got some awesome results built her calories back up and at the moment she's you know eating I think it's like two two thousand two hundred two thousand three hundred and maintaining um you know a very lean physique and um you know just absolutely killing it in terms of building muscle mass she's jacked 
um, and just did her first novice powerlifting comp, which is something that she never would have imagined herself doing two years ago either. Um, eating, you know, what is she, what was she on? Something like two, 290 grams of carbs or something like that, you know, um, and had come to me really scared to sort of eat over like the 100, 120 grams of carbs max, like terrified. But, you know, over, the, over those first few months of working together, when I was talking to her, she was like, man, you know, I can't believe that. I, I can I can eat this much food. And when we dived into it, this is what the problem typically, uh, pre- this is how the problem typically presents itself. The person is trying to hit a very, very low and unre- unrealistically low target, something like 1,200 calories. And the person, me, you, <laughs> can sustain that for a brief period of time. And that may be different for everyone. You know, it could be a couple of days for some people, could be a couple of weeks, could be, you know, even, even a bit longer than that. But we can't sustain it for that long. It's just not enough food. And what happens, we then have these bouts of over-consuming because we're hungry or because we've been so restricted, not only with our calorie intake, but also telling ourselves some foods are off limits, right? And so what happens, we create a forbidden fruit kind of um, thinking and just all hell breaks loose. And what happens, you know, we go from being in, in a deficit to potentially eating at about maintenance calories or even into a surplus. But you have to understand, right, we've spent days, you know, potentially being so, so, so restricted that it doesn't feel like we're eating at maintenance. We don't have that flexibility and luxury of feeling really, really chill and like we can kind of, you know, have a lot of flexibility with food because we've spent more time being heavily restricted. So you can see the cycle that it creates. We're spending a lot of time and energy feeling or being actually being restricted. And then we're kind of blowing it out in these bouts of overeating. And we're absolutely not getting anywhere. Our self-confidence is tanking. Our body image is tanking. And we're just feeling all around shit. So you can see how I, I'm not saying we need to eat in a surplus and um, that's the way we need to eat forever to be able to build a body we love. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we need to take the foot off the deficit pedal. That's what we need to do in order to build a body we love. And not again, just reiterating, there's nothing wrong with a deficit. I'm in deficit at the moment. But we, we need to make sure these are strategic points that have a start and an end date they have a specific you know outcome or a goal that we're attaching to that so we know exactly why we're doing this we know the time frame we know what it is going to take to you know get to our goal within the period of deficit and we also know that we are going to get out and we're going to be spending most of the year at least at maintenance calories at least fueling ourselves enough right And the reason we need to do this is because building muscle mass is an energetically costly process. It takes resources to build muscle mass, resources in the name of energy, of course. We have to make sure our protein is an adequate amount. At maintenance, that would be something like 1.8 to 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight. Uh, We're in a deficit that needs to shoot up a little bit higher. 
uh, but it is an energetically costly process. We need to fuel ourselves with enough energy to be able to build that muscle mass. And what this means then is we're making a lot of progress, potentially the most physique progress at maintenance and in surplus phases, even though we probably won't be able to see it too much in the mirror, right? It is a little bit harder if we're sitting at a, a bit of a higher body fat percentage to see too much change week to week in terms of muscle mass. Yeah, sure, uh, over periods of months we can, uh, especially in flexed positions when we're, you know, posing in flexed positions. But, you know, sort of staying there, T-shirt, shorts on, you're probably not going to be able to see too much of the muscle mass that you've built. Uh, what we, where we should be seeing the progress is definitely on paper, you know, in the gym, we'll be seeing volume load progressions through week to week and then block training block to training block, of course. Uh, but understanding that we need to fuel ourselves and the, the physique change, the muscle mass building, right, that tissue that we're building is going to be happen happening much more efficiently at maintenance, if not in a surplus of calories, right? And then should we decide to come into a short-ish, you know, depending on how conservative, how aggressive you want to do the deficit, that is when we can see you know, really, really cool physique progress. It just becomes much more visible when we chip some body fat uh, away, right? But it basically stops us just pinballing around from just being, you know, a smaller version of ourselves, a bigger version of ourselves, like a little bit skinnier, a little bit more body fat and making no, no real physique change. Uh, I think that if you're listening to this, it's likely that you want to do things like, you know, build, build a bit of a back. You want to build some shoulders. You know, maybe you like the look of having some biceps. Maybe you like some glutes or quads or hamstrings, right? Um, I'm smiling. You can probably hear me smiling <laughs> through the microphone because I do love building uh, my physique and I love coaching women to build their physique. And I love, I love, I love hearing the, the pleasure and the joy that comes when, you know, they take some post photos and they're like holy fuck like look at my biceps or look how good my quads look or you know how's my back you know when I'm doing pull downs or something like that it's just the coolest thing ever and, and I love I love the I love the body confidence that comes with that but I think I've set this I think I've set this particular episode up so now what I wanted to do is take you through the four steps to being able to move through this and to actually finally take the leap and jump out of this cycle and I do keep referring to jump uh, taking the leap because it's funny I, I had a conversation with one of my clients uh, a little while ago when we moved into a surplus phase and I said it's kind of like jumping off a cliff but understanding that you are supported. So it's going to feel like that stomach flip moment, but know that you are support, supported, know that everything that I'm doing is uh, strategic and that all of this is in your best interest of, you know, building the physique that you want. And um, that really resonated with her, the jumping off the cliff uh metaphor or analogy I my brain's sort of not working right now to think of which one is the right one analogy <laughs> analogy <laughs> and you know it's definitely worked for me in other areas of my life as well just this feeling of like faith right and you know I'm never doing anything stupid I'm always going as a coach I'm always going to be explaining the rationale behind what I'm doing I always ask my clients to question um, so that they can have a good understanding because of course when we understand things we're going to be much more brought into the process um, because they make sense to us as well. And we know that, yes, okay, this is out of our comfort zone, but it makes total sense. And we actually know in our heart parts this is the thing we need to do. So here are my four steps. If you, if you think that potentially you need to 
be the person who gets out of the deficit mindset and starts to eat more. Number one, identify if this is you. So if you have been, if your ears have pricked up during this podcast, potentially if you're like, oh, shit, yes, I need to listen to this podcast, it, it's, it possibly could be you. But, but let's have a look at how on paper you might be able to identify if this is you. Well, do you wake up most mornings thinking, okay, you know, how can I eat less today? <laughs> if you have set a random low-calorie target for most women, anything potentially below 1,800, this could be an identification. Uh, a point that you identify as um, you being in this category as well, depending on, you know, your, your size and activity level, 1800 could be a deficit for you. Um, so you can see how 1200 definitely, <laughs> if 1200 is a number that you're trying to hit every day, it's highly likely that this is you. Uh, but basically it's that mindset of constantly trying to eat less and move more. And if the idea of eating at maintenance calories scares the fuck out of you, this is definitely you right and potentially you're not consciously engaging in you know oh, I, I well I'm not setting you know 1200 calories as my uh you know target each day so this isn't me if eating at maintenance scares the hell out of you then it's you too right because we should be eating at maintenance most of the time, right? It's very important for female health, female hormonal health, um, particularly not saying that it's not important for dudes, of course it is, um, but very specifically for female hormonal health, you know, we can't fuck around with these things um, without paying a price for it, okay? So step one, have a look at what you're doing and identify if it is you. The next one is to take stock of both your nutrition and your training habits because, you know, constantly wanting to be in a deficit of energy of, you know, there's two components to that. There's energy in and energy out, right? So the things that we're consuming, but also the activities that we are engaging in. So if you identify yourself as, yeah, like I've already spoken, I think at length with the nutrition one and the calorie intake one, um, and you can use, there's plenty of free calculators online that you can use to figure out roughly where your maintenance is. Um, you know, none of these are be all and end all calculations, but, you know, they can give you a pretty rough idea as how you're tracking and if this is you but I also want to I also want to throw out some training things because I've worked with a number of ladies actually to be honest with you I think 50% of my clients um need help with eating more and be becoming more comfortable with eating more so I do work with this a lot and the the, the training and exercise red flags are Typically with the ladies I've worked with, they have set targets over 15,000 steps a day. If your work isn't super laborious and you've got this step target and you have to hit and it's kind of an obsessive thing to be hitting over 15,000 steps a day and, you know, no good reason you're not, you know, a couple of weeks out of stage or <laughs> something like that, uh, that's a bit of a red flag. And I've, I've worked with quite a number of ladies in terms of just reducing their step count, okay? And, again, it's just fear of body fat gain. It's fear that if I don't do this work, you know, my physique is going to go to hell and I'm going to look a certain way, right? But also this can creep in with training habits. Typically the red flags here might be two a day training sessions, uh, six days of heavy exercise, uh, adding in things at the end of your training session that aren't there that your coach hasn't given to you, um, adding in classes, um, constantly, you know, monitoring heart rate to make sure you're burning a certain amount of calories. Again, you know, a coach hasn't specifically asked for, you know, 
whatever it may be, you know, one session burning this much, if that's how your approach works, um, just doing things that purely when you're really honest with yourself, you're doing them out of fear of what might the consequence be if you don't. And if this is triggering, then there's probably a red flag that we need to have a look at these, at, look at these things and look at tapering um, all of this activity back. Because again, you know what we're doing? We're just creating unnecessary fatigue. We uh, And we're not doing it in a positive sense because, you know, some level of stress and fatigue is really, really important. We need to apply stress to our muscles uh, to apply enough stimulus for change, for growth, right? So there is going to be a level of fatigue that we need to induce or stress that we need to induce that brings about fatigue, right? But doing extra over and above that is actually hindering our recovery so that we're not actually making the progress that we want to make, right? So take stock of your nutrition and training habits, right? The next one, step number three, is from here we can see for yourself, you know, where the problem is. Is it training? Is it nutrition? Is it both? You can also see that your solution, do more, eat less, isn't serving you because you wouldn't be triggered by listening to this podcast or you wouldn't have jumped on this podcast or you you wouldn't be resonating with this. You know, if this wasn't an issue um, and, you know, you'd solve this, like it, it wouldn't resonate, right? That makes sense. That makes total sense, doesn't it? So what we need to do now is identify a solution suited to you. And again, you might be working with a coach that you can um, chat through this, or you might already be working through this. And this is just a valuable uh, reaffirmation of all of the things that you're doing. Um, Potentially, you may decide to do your own um, looking around the web. There's plenty of free resources to help you with this. Um, Maybe you're one of my clients and maybe this has um, sparked something in you. But what we need to do is, you know, write all of the things down that you're doing that are actually hindering your progress when it comes to training and nutrition. What are are the the things you're actually doing? So are you engaging in, you know, a 17,000 per day step target for no reason except that you're scared? You know, are you engaging in a 1200 calorie diet for, you know, no good reason? Like I said before, there's there's no rational reason why you're doing this except that you're you're scared of increasing your food intake. From there, pick the steps that you can do right now to change things. So for some of my women, for example, we've been able to taper steps right down straight away off the bat. For others, we've had to, you know, uh, work with them in just slowly reducing, right? So they can slowly take the foot off. So it's just thinking about, you know, where you're at psychologically uh, and where you want to be and then just starting to slowly, slowly, slowly bridge that gap or fast. If, you, if you're like, fuck this, I'm just going to go right in, kind of like the client I spoke about right at the start from that I've been working with. Um, we kind of just jumped right in. She was just like, fuck it, let's do it, right? Um, and we, you know, brought her food up, brought her activity down and just went for it. So basically you want to write down the things that you're engaging in that are moving you away from your goal and the things that you need to be doing to move you towards your goal. And then, like I said, start to bridge that gap. Okay. Then the fourth one, so the last step, plan and and anticipate that you are going to want to stop. You are probably going to feel really, really uncomfortable about this process at some point. Understand that 
that's totally fine. And this is the moment, the exact moment when you start to get uncomfortable that you need to keep going. And I think it is really important to look ahead to understand that at some stage you might be uncomfortable. You might want to call this maintenance period three weeks in and jump into a deficit because, you know, you're scared. Maybe the scale weight's going up a little bit because, you know, extra carbohydrates, um, extra food volume in your system, extra water, and you're panicking. And you're like, nuts, stuff this. I'm going to go back to my old way of being. Understand that this is the point that we need to keep going. And to be really honest with you, if you're if you're really um, hesitant to do this, just track. You know, I mean, number one, either work with a coach who can help you through it, or just make sure you're tracking all of your data. Take weekly photos. Uh, make sure you're tracking your training in the gym so you can look at the volume progression so you know you have hard data that you're actually truly making progress in the gym. Uh, did I already say take photos, take measurements, um, assess your lifestyle KPIs, including sleep, stress, compliance, um, so you know that you're ticking all of these things off. And you'll see, you know, when your feelings start to mess with you, start to play tricks on you, when old stories start to rear their head, you can come back to the hard data and be like, you know what? actually my waist has potentially say only gone up half a centimeter or maybe it's even come down two centimeters so the bullshit stories that are in my head are legit just bullshit stories they're going to pass and i know i'm doing the right thing for you know my physique for my health for my for my physical health and for my mental health yeah so i hope this was really helpful i wanted to keep I, I do want to keep these solo ones fairly short and engaging and really applicable so you can take something away from it and apply it straight away so what i've done is i have set out those four steps so number one having a look at everything and identifying if this is you taking stock of your current nutrition and training habits was number two um, number three is having a look at what you're doing now where you want to be and what are the steps you need to take to start bridge the gap basically how do i start to eat more and you know potentially even move less and then number four plan and anticipate for the future and set a system where you can track and review your progress so when potential you know emotional swings happen we don't let our feelings get in the way of our strategy and our process so i hope you guys absolutely love this episode if you did if you found it valuable i would super super appreciate if you could screenshot it uh, share your uh what you resonated with on insta and tag me i like I, my heart and soul goes into this work and i would love to hear that you found it valuable if you didn't if you bloody hated it and thought it was shit i would also appreciate your feedback just so i can make sure that i am uh, providing the most valuable information uh, and transformations that I possibly can on here. So let me know as well if you hated it. <laughs> and of course, if you aren't following me on Insta, uh, my handle is at Amy Louise Coaching. So you can find me there. I currently have very limited amounts of uh, or, or places in the Glam Body Project. Um, maybe only like one or two spots. I'm capping it really, really soon. Uh, so you, if you are interested in online coaching, let me know. And I'm in the process of, I'm in Melbourne, if you didn't know, I'm in the process of trying to organize a little photo shoot too in November, which could be really, really exciting. And I'm not going to announce that anywhere, but on this podcast. So if you're listening to this, you're lucky to be hearing it. Um, but if you're keen for something like that, uh, you know, lockdowns pending, um, do uh, jump into my DMs and 
let me know. Otherwise, I would also love if you left a review for this podcast and you will go into the draw to win a custom six-week training program and consult with me, which is very, very, very cool. So with all of that said, I hope you guys have an amazing week and I'm over and out.